0: David Garrard lives his life like he played the game. Big, bright, enthusiastic, and willing to drop his shoulder into a linebacker or pick up the microphone and talk to the cameras. In the introductory conference call on the day he was drafted, the youthful quarterback accidentally challenged the starter, despite the fact that Mark Brunel was a three-time Pro Bowler. That's the way it is with David. What do you want to know? What do you need him to do? Put him in, coach. He's ready to play. This is Perspectives, the story of the Jaguars' first 25 seasons as told by the people who built the franchise from the ground up. This is David Garrard. Garrard arrived as a fourth-round pick but loved the situation he was in, the heir apparent to Brunel, with time to learn the offense and figure out the pro game. He was challenged by the hard-charging Tom Coughlin, but he knew it would make him better. Everything changed in the blink of an eye. Less than a year later, Coughlin was gone. And Byron left, which was the future. What happened? You
1: know, it was uh, it was really interesting because uh, I had just played uh, Byron in the GMAC Bowl that ended up being sixty four sixty one. We were up thirty to eight at halftime, and they came back and won in like three overtimes or something like that. And I thought, okay, well at least I'm done with all that. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And then the Jags draft him the next year, so now I got to deal with him like longer and potentially. You know, I don't know how it's going to all shake out because we're all here. Am I going to be odd man out? You know, these guys are just going to battle for one and two. Um, I think and hopefully I felt like I showed them enough to, like, you know, maybe keep me around and and see how that works. But the dynamics of the um, quarterback room was really interesting because, you know, Mark continued to carry himself and do everything like the starter and, you know, making Byron go, you know, get coffee and uh, grab my pads and that kind of stuff it was a little different with me because he made me do like 30 times more stuff for him I think being a first rounder and you know the the franchise kind of starting to evolve into this being your team and Mark still wanted to get a little bit out of him that way (laughs) but you know, um, the dynamic was still pretty good. You know, uh, Byron didn't come in and, and, you know, try to push Mark out of the room or make him feel like, you know, this is going to be my team here pretty soon. You, ju- He came in and he learned as much as he could. He probably felt like he knew a little bit more than, you know, um, a rookie comes in with. But, you know, he was a pretty bright guy. You know, he he understood the game. Uh, yeah, there's still some things you got to learn when you get to the NFL, and 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 Mark knew all those things, and I was still trying to learn some of those things from Mark. But um, we n- I never felt like, man, this is awkward. I never felt like, you know, these guys are gonna clash at any moment. You know, Mark's a pretty upstanding guy, and then Byron being just young, you know, himself, he knew that he couldn't come in and just start ruffling feathers now. Once that year was over with, of course, everything changed. And uh, But I was just happy I was still here.
0: <laughs> Though he only had one year with Coughlin, David knew instantly how different Jack Del Rio was going to be. I loved
1: Coughlin. I thought, this is a hard-nosed guy. He's going to let you know exactly how he feels. Uh, he's not going to beat around the bush. He's not going to um, you know, keep things to himself. And then all of a sudden... You don't know why you're not getting playing time, or you're not here anymore. You know exactly what's on his mind. And uh, I remember um, this was, was probably halfway through the season, and they had brought in Kent Graham uh, to 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 be the backup. He was a little bit more of a veteran presence. the The story that I got was. If Mark goes down for a long period of time, then we're going to get you out there and start grooming you to be the quarterback. Um, if he's out for like a game or two, then we'll let Kent step in and just fill that time because, you know, you need more time on task than, than uh, you know, for a rookie. So I, I thought that's cool. You know, everything's flying by me anyway. So, But uh, <laughs> Tom stops me in a hall one day and he says, hey, Dave, uh, you know, if you want to get more film study in, you can uh, – You can sleep in my office there. I can get a cot and roll it in for you. You can sleep right there and watch film all night long. And at that moment, I thought, man, if this is the NFL, I'm not sure if this is what I want to do, if I want to be sleeping in my head coach's office (laughs) all night watching film. I said, you know, coach, I'll think about that. I appreciate that. And I never got back to him on that one. (laughs) And then uh, another one was just just how I never had a coach – that would just ride players, the team, like, would be on you for everything. Not just on the field stuff, not just, you know, film study stuff. I'm talking about are your socks pulled up like they should be? Are your laces laced walking down the hallway like they should be? It it was everything. And um, at times, my rookie year, I thought, man, as I was going over – the heart bridge coming into work thinking, I don't know if I can do this. This is, this is tough, you know, because I know that I'm not necessarily having um, the same kind of joy when I was in Pop Warner in high school. because I never had a coach that, but now looking back, I could see what he was instilling in people and, and putting in guys because you know if you give guys an inch you know the saying they'll take a mile you know and, and he was not going to give that inch and definitely wasn't giving a mile so uh but then when um uh coach del rio got here i thought wow this is like a breath of fresh air you know because he's a he's a, a former player guy that i a player that i used to watch when i was a kid and uh, he just came in with hey Let's have fun. Let's do our jobs. Let's get it done. Well, we're going to have fun at the same time, you know, and that's kind of a little bit more of my personality. So uh, for me, I thought, well, this is, this is beautiful. Okay, uh, you know, Byron might be the starter right now, but I can come in and still compete and work hard under this guy because I feel like he gets what I am more about as a, as a player and what I'm looking for and, um, you know, kind of making
0: me feel – a little bit more comfortable around here in the in the facilities. Dave watched and waited and waited and still saw opportunity in Jacksonville. So much so that he signed a contract extension instead of hitting free agency. Gerard saw something in Jacksonville he couldn't pass up. My agent was,
1: was talking to me before the Jags were trying to renew me up for, I guess it was a, a four-year deal. And uh, he's like... This is good money for backup, uh, but I feel like you could go somewhere else and compete, you know, just go into free agency, that kind of stuff. And I thought, man, I'm having the best opportunity to play here because, you know, Byron hasn't been healthy for a season and I'm playing all the time. So I said, no, I like it here. My wife likes it here. Um, it's Still Florida. So let's, let's just... Let's just stick it out here let's you know sign this deal and so i did and i continued to play i continue to get opportunities 2006 um i finished the last i want to say five games five or so games there and uh we were you know right there competing and then we you know had a three game slide there at the end and at that point i thought oh man you know going into the next offseason I hope that they keep me around because, you know, we didn't finish strong. I didn't play my best. And um, I just thought just come back, just put your head down, compete, work, get in the film room, don't relax, you know, do everything. Don't get to the point where you're, you know, uncomfortable because of last year. Let's move forward. And uh, and I did. And I started to even exude more uh, confidence as, you know, um, one of the leaders on the team. I knew other guys were not that happy about Byron and some of the things that he was doing. So I said, you know what? Don't worry about all that. You just handle what you can handle. And so that I just wanted to be more of a leader at that point, not try to take, you know, his job, you know, from like underneath him, where, you know, I'm trying to be sly in the background and I got my own group of guys over here that I'm trying to lead. I mean, just, just come off as a leader and, and do your job. And so, Going into 2007 season, I thought, okay, I have an opportunity to play in the preseason. Byron's the starter. He's playing against the ones. I'm playing against the twos. I'm playing against a bunch of backups. I should be able to dominate these guys. And when I would get out there, it would feel like everything was so slow because I was playing a bunch of backups. And I thought, if I could just put the ball where it should be, hopefully my guys catch it and make plays. And that's how it was turning out. And then we got to that Green Bay game, and I remember during practice that week, we were going over certain looks, certain things, and the look was exactly like uh, Coach Cutter had drew it up. And I thought, man, all I got to do is just make the throw here, and we got like a 30-yard gain. And I was, and I made a few of them. And I thought, okay, I'm having a pretty good game here. I I feel good going into this season. And uh, so then we got back, and that was the third game we no, you know we didn't know who was going to play much in the fourth uh game so i just thought you know i've done what i needed to do to at least still be on the team (laughs) and uh i remember when they were making those those last cuts you know even after the fourth game the funny story is is i was in the players lounge sleeping i was just trying to catch up on some rest been a long last couple days and um like somebody came in there and woke me up and said, Dave, where you been, man? Everybody's looking for you. I'm like, what, am, am, am I late? You know, I shouldn't be late. Hopefully, you guys didn't let me just sleep in here through the uh, meeting or the start of the meeting. He says, no. They named you the starting quarterback. They cut Byron. I'm like, man, get out of here. Of course, this is cut day. Everybody joke around. Ha, ha, ha. So I'm kind of rubbing, you know, the uh, the sleep out of my eye, and I'm walking into the main locker room and – you know, everybody's kind of like a buzz going in there. I'm like, what in the world? So I sit down in my locker just – I think we had about 20 minutes or so for the meeting to start, and um, more guys are coming up to me. Dave, man, they're looking for you. The, the, they've got the media. The coach wants to talk to you. I'm like, what does he want to talk to me about? He better not be cutting me. T- I'm telling you. He's like – they're like, no, no, you're – they cut Byron. Look at his locker. His stuff is gone. I'm like, are y'all serious? I mean, my now my heart is just racing. I'm like – Y'all see, I better stop messing with me. So I walk down to to Del Rio's office and he sits me down in there and he's like, Dave, you you probably heard by now, but we're letting Byron go and we're going to name you the starter. Uh, You've done everything possible and, and, you know, we're very happy with this decision, but now it's time for you to go out and lead this team. And I'm just like, what? All right, let's go. (laughs) That's exactly what I said in my mind. Let's go. So turn around he said I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, cancel our team meeting you get home go tell Mary everything that's going on I'm sure she's got a bunch of questions for you too and uh and that's what I did and it was the absolute truth and it was a miracle year the first game is kind of a big game because it's my first one as a starter for the team and we it was Tennessee Titans and we lost and but it was like a 24, 21 loss. Submitted. So we were competing right there. And I played decent. You know, in those moments, you got to kind of check yourself. Okay, I played pretty decent. That's not how I normally think about things when we lose. But I was like, okay, wasn't my fault that we lost. So hopefully I can still have this job, you know, the next week. And then we win, and then we win, and, and things are looking really good. And And I think, okay, you know what? I am feeling really good about things. Every week I feel like we've got a chance. And I remember we get up to uh, play the Colts, and I believe it's Thursday night, I believe. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, they rarely blitz. I got an opportunity here. If I can get the ball out of my hands fast enough because Dwight Freeney is coming. If I can get the ball out of my hands fast enough We can make some plays because their defense plays pretty soft. And we were just diamonding them up. Peyton's coming down. He's diming us up, of course. And it's a really good game. And then I get hit scrambling to the sideline. Guy grabs my ankle to tackle me, and he does, but then he keeps rolling with my ankle. And I felt things crunching in there. I ended up being a high ankle sprain, and I thought, gosh, man, this can't be happening cuz i don't want to lose this momentum plus we probably could have won this game and uh so i was out for two games and um my backup quinn gray i'm like dude you can do this you got this you know strong arm you can get out there so he won the ne- he won one of the next two games and uh and so then i was able to come back against the um the uh the chargers which they the San Diego Chargers at that time. And I just right back into a groove, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I, I'm i not rusty, I'm not missing much, had a good game there. And I started thinking by that point, I started thinking there's some destiny on this team right now because for whatever reason, Gerald Sensible, he turns to me and, and I can't remember the, the actual game that we had just played, but we're in our team meeting. And he turns around, looks back at me, and he says, "Hey, man, it just—it doesn't matter how we win. You're just always gonna get us a win, aren't you? Like, it doesn't matter how you do it. We're just always gonna get a win." I said, "It's what it feels like. It's what it seems like." I'm gonna keep doing what I can. And uh, he turns around, and we just go through the rest of the uh, team meeting. But that's how it was all year. And then when you get to the first. Pittsburgh game I mean I'm thinking okay I have no clue about Pittsburgh and the rivalry that they have here I just know that there was a big rivalry and Pittsburgh is pretty doggone good (laughs) so I'm thinking where it's going to be a snowy game it's going to be cold and we're kind of built for this you know our running game is pretty special Fred Taylor is pretty special so I thought if I could just not screw things up we got a good chance here And we get in that game up there, and we're doing really well. And I'm thinking, okay. It's not like it was just those other games that we were doing okay in. We're actually pretty good. And, of course, just like in the playoff game, a mistake here, a mistake here brings them back closer to coming back and winning the ball game. But then just a few plays down the line – And we finish it strong. We finish it with a touchdown. And I remember in that game, I had to do this special fun play that we put in where I would roll out and Dennis Northcutt would run down the sideline and do a couple moves. So I needed like... 10 minutes for him to do all these moves. And so I had to like buy so much time. Got all kinds of time. And he's going to turn and fire the ball looking for Dennis Northcutt. But then I just launched the ball and it floated. It seemed like forever. And it came down right into his hands. Cut!
0: Northcutt 5! Reaching end zone! Touchdown! 55 yards! And the Jaguars are piling it on!
1: And I thought, man, this is a lot of fun. And we went on to win that game. And then we went to the playoffs in that first game, back up there in Pittsburgh. And I thought, can we do this again? You know, everybody keeps saying it's hard to beat one team twice, especially within three weeks and da-da-da-da. And I'm thinking, you're darn right. It probably is p- pretty hard to do that, you know, to beat a team like that because they're super motivated. I mean, even though you're super motivated, they're really motivated, and it's in their place again. And it's the playoffs. So... We get there. I'm just soaking it all in. I'm not, I'm almost, you know, in my uh, Kawhi Leonard mode. (laughs) I'm just, I'm not too high. I'm not too low. I try not to get too excited. That's how I've kind of always played ball. And uh, so I'm up there and I'm thinking, we have a great opportunity. We've got a lot of skilled players. Uh, Mojo starts us off strong, Bring the ball back down the field. And I'm thinking, man, we're going to do something again here. And then bang, 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 more more touchdowns. And, of course, like I said, in the second half, they started to come back. A few mistakes but on our end, on my end. And I remember that last interception I had, I thought, okay, I'm screwing things up here. I've got to somehow bring us back here on this drive because if, if I don't, we might not get the ball back. And I remember a um, third and forever and and I knew Ernest Wolfer had a special route that he had to run And I just had to get the ball up Just enough to hit him in the hands with it And we did And it kept the drive going And I thought to myself We can just get in Field goal range We don't have to even get that close Because Scobie can boot it And we got uh, you know to that Almost last possession there And it's Third and two and they call a timeout. Coach Cutter's on the sideline. and He's like, Dave, let's try this pass play. It's a real quick pass. Just see if we can get the first down. And um, if, if you like Mercedes in the flat, get it to him. If you don't, you know, just airmail it. And I thought, Coach, it's only two yards. You know, just call a quarterback draw or, or something. I can get us two yards. I don't have to put the ball in the air, you know. And uh, he said, no, 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 let's just try it because you, we, we, you might have something pop. You might have the, the corner route pop. And I was like, gosh, now you want me to throw a corner out. <laughs> so we're in that moment, and I didn't like it. Uh, I think it was Palomalu or somebody grabbed Mercedes a little bit, and I thought, that's just too close for comfort. So I just airmailed it, and uh, I thought, okay, now he's got to give me the ball. He's got to give me this chance. I know I can get it. And uh, they called the, the quarterback draw there, and I tried to sell it as much as possible. And James Harrison, is so crafty. So strong. He snuck right inside of Khalif Barnes. And thank the Lord, Khalif blocked him so well that it looked like a hold. He blocked him so well that I was able to sneak through there and get the two yards. And when I got through, I was like, oh, wow, there's nobody here. Oh, here's a safety. Okay, let me just protect the ball and just get hit and go down. Got the first down. And then he misses me. So I'm thinking, Now there's really nobody else here, and there's the end zone. Let's go score. And so I'm running for that end zone, and then I said, oh, you know what? I'm not that fast. He's actually already caught me. So So he caught me a few yards later. I go down, and I'm like, we're in field goal range. Can we just bring Scobie out now? And they're like, no, let's just, you know, eat the clock a little bit. Let's try to line the ball up. And I'm like, man, you guys are taking so many chances. Just bring Scobie out here so we can just kick this thing through the field goal through the uprights. And uh, so we do, we we line it up. I'm telling everybody in the huddle, whoever gets the ball, I'm like, protect it. Two hands, protect it like it's your baby. We need this. Let's get Scobie out here on the field. And we do. The defense comes out and plays excellent to shut them down. And uh, I just thought, man, I cannot believe we just won a playoff game with me as the starting quarterback. I just thought that is super cool. And uh, so then, but that's not the end. Now we got to go play those uh, boys up north, the, uh, the the Patriots. And I'm thinking, okay, I mean, we've done it all year. We can do it again. We can do this if a few things. If we can make some plays on defense, if I can not lose the game like I was doing in the second half of the Pittsburgh game and – um everybody doesn't let the moment get too big. And we come out, we come out firing. We come out making plays. We we had certain design plays that we had n- not had in our offense that we designed just for those guys. And they were working. I mean, I had this incredible lucky play where I'm getting thrown to the ground and I just heaved the ball to Matt Jones in the back of the end zone. And I'm not going to lie, my knee was probably down. They didn't call it. And he catches it for a touchdown. I'm like, there is something going on here. We, <laughs> we're going to go all the way if we win this one. And uh, it was back and forth the whole game, which I thought was really cool because Tom Brady was on fire that game. But, man, we were still doing things offensively. We had a few plays get away from us right before the half there that kind of put us back and... In the second half, it was just too much to recover from. We were still back and forth with them, but they were just up enough to where we could not get back over the top. And um, I just thought, man, this is an opportunity that we're going to get again next year, and we're going to come out and take advantage of it. Man,
0: if we could change some things. That 2017 wasn't super, but it was special. They were talented in some spots, merely tough in others but it all came together for their playoff run. And that doesn't happen more often than it does.
1: Yeah, you know, it was, uh, like you said, it was just so dynamic. Those guys from, uh, you know, little bugs that never say anything to just wasp that were just killers, you know, that just would, just ready to take your head from, from um, Big John Henderson getting slapped before each game and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And baby just ready to take someone's head off every game and their personalities in the locker rooms you know it it was it was, it was a lot going on and the way that we were still able to win through it all and um the one thing we we didn't have a whole lot of drama you know we didn't have the He said, he said, or, you know, we didn't have those things. You might have had a lot of big personalities, but they were all pulling in the same direction. And who knows how and why things, you know, turned out the way they did, like moving forward from that. Some guys weren't here anymore. Some guys were injured. I remember going into the first game against Tennessee again, the next season, first game. And, uh, Vince Minowai gets hurt right at the beginning of the game, not even in the game, before the game ever started. And that really threw our offensive line and myself, you know, it really got to us. And then we we made some plays in that game that, you know, were just terrible. And, and that just kind of had the tone set almost for the season. We didn't know that. But that's how the season just continued to go. And then I remember a couple other injuries in that in that year. Now you started to get the drama. I believe Mike P. was having problems with um, some of the coaches. And, and uh, you know, guys were talking in the locker room. And some guys aren't happy. And Dale Rio's taking away ping pong tables and, you know, pool tape. You know, so it was a lot more... Uh, drama going on that season
0: than um, than we had previous. Something else happened in 2007. Gerard worked for the Jaguars, but he also worked for his family. In the spring of 2008, after a lifetime of challenges and adversity and illnesses and doubters, David earned the kind of life-changing check that every player, heck, every person dreams of. Everything led up to that moment in in
1: Pittsburgh. Honestly, you know because. We were there in the playoffs, and like I said, I'd had a few plays there that sucked and brought the Steelers back into the game. And I thought, man, our opportunity to win here is, you know, dwindling. We still got a chance. And as long as there's a chance, I'm going to continue to fight. And, I'm uh, you know, if I can get the ball in my hands, I'm going to do something to try to help us to win here. And then to make that play, that run, you know, kind of almost sealed the deal for a new uh, contract. And I thought, man, I have somehow done this now. I, I know that I was working my butt off and everything. But and I'm telling you that destiny that was there was really just, you know, helping me continue to fight through a lot of different circumstances that, you know, some guys would have not been able to make it through and I know my wife, she got me after the game, and she's like, baby, you did it, you did it, you know, you know this contract that you're able to go to the next game, like, it, it can't be any better. We just had our son earlier in the season. I mean, everything was just happening positively for us in that moment. And then to get in the uh, Patriots game and to not have a setback where um, – you know, I play terrible or I'm, I'm just out there. I'm actually keeping us in the game. I'm helping us, you know, with big plays, you know, I'm leading the team. I'm giving us a chance to win to really, you know, kind of fortify my opportunity to get this new contract, to help us move on in the playoffs. And I thought at that point, it's gotta be a done deal. And uh, I remember my agent throughout the offseason was negotiating with um, Paul Vance and, you know, he was just like, we're getting closer, but there's just some language that we got to work on. And there's this and and that. I'm like, well, let me listen in on some of the... um the contract talks and he's like Oh, you don't want to do that you don't want to do that i'm like why not you know they love me they, they got to you he's like it's different when you're negotiating they're going to tell you everything that's wrong with your guy and i got to tell them everything that's right with your guy and so i got to listen in uh on a, <laughs> a few little and they were like um my agent was like hey we're trying to get him up there where tony romo is and you know he deserves it da 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 you know he was you know top 3 with um, the QBR and all that kind of stuff this year. And they're like, Tony Romo? You think he's as good as Tony Romo? Man, get out of here. Are you serious? And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, you want me to be your quarterback, right? This is what I'm thinking in my my mind. And he's like, Dave, don't take offense to any of that. That is just what they have to do. to." And, you know, so I said, okay, you handle it from here on. I don't want to listen anymore. <laughs> and, uh, but we eventually uh, worked it out and got it done. And I was just happy to still being able to play here in Jacksonville, it, it, you know, it was my team. Um, it's where I was drafted. It's the team that believed in me and I love the fans here. I loved everything about it. I love that it was a, a small market and a a, a small team, something that we could make relevant because 2007 we were on SportsCenter just as much as everybody else because after halfway through the season, they were like, "We got a team down here in Jacksonville that's starting to make some noise." And I love that um, the the small guy, small town, making it big kind of story. It's just how I was brought up, and uh, we thought the same thing at East Carolina. You know, it's hard being a pirate; nobody's going to respect you. You're going to have to go out there and earn your respect. And so, um, I thought now. My family life, everybody, I can. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't have to worry about contracts and all that kind of stuff. Now I can just move forward and be the leader of this team, be the quarterback that they need me to
0: be. And, um, you know, I was happy about that. Most fans and most media forget 2010. The Jaguars started losing in 2008, and for the most part, it continued until 2016, with the exception of 2010. A three and four start turned on a dime in Dallas. Actually four of them, thrown by David against the Cowboys. And before you knew it, they were off and running in November. Before the Jaguars could catch their breath, they dripped off five wins in six games and sat on the very edge of a division title in late December. They had a chance to get back on the big stage but stumbled on the stairs.
1: Well, we were eight and five, and we are heading to Indianapolis. And I'm thinking in my mind, we have an opportunity to go out here, win it in their place. And that would help us, that was gonna win the division for us, beating them at their place. And we had a great game plan. We were doing everything necessary we were making plays you know I I wasn't blowing anything or I always think about what I'm doing of course (laughs) but uh I remember we got to a crucial third down I think it was like third and 10 or 11 or something like that and I had a pass to one of my receivers we had a play drawn up for him it was like a a corner post move and I got to my step, I got to my drop, got to my point. I let the ball go and I thought, man, this is money. And somehow that ball sailed right over his fingertip where he got a fingertip on it and the guy picked the ball off and I thought, how was that ball too tall? Well you go back and look at the film, the the steps weren't all correct for him i was a little fast on my end and and the timing just didn't work out but that was how close we were from winning the um the 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 conference basically you know we were it, it was the division was right there for us and we could not pull it off and and that year did not have the same destiny kind of feel that we had earlier you know we 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 won some games that we probably shouldn't have won but we also lost a bunch of games that we shouldn't have lost and uh and, and I did get hurt throughout that that season a couple times and um i just remember thinking man this is this sucks because um it was it was right there for us. And then we just never rebounded from that. I got hurt playing the Giants and they fell on my wrist on my on my non throwing hand and it just swole up like a balloon. I had jammed my finger on my throwing hand in that uh Colts game. Dwight Freeney wanted to come in and try to knock the ball out of my hand and my Fingers collided with his hand, and, and actually the tendon popped off, and so my hand was jacked up. And the way that we finished that year was against the Washington Redskins at home, or the way I, f- I finished it was the Washington Redskins in our last home game. It started snowing, which was really weird. But I could not function as a quarterback. I could not barely could throw the ball like I wanted to. And um, I, I threw a pick, and then I was – pulled out of the game because I could not function anymore, but that was the last throw that I had was a pick which, um, if you go back and look at it, my first pass (laughs) was a pick, so the nice good career there is sandwiched in between two picks
0: (laughs) The near miss in 2010 would be his swan song In a twist of irony, the Jaguars drafted a quarterback in 2011 and Gerard was cut in September as suddenly and shockingly as Leftwich had been four years earlier
1: yeah, you know they they drafted Bland. I just thought, you know what, it's going to take him a few years to you know get me out of this spot. I'm going to you know keep fighting just like I always have, you know. And uh, I was feeling pretty good going into training camp, um, but I, I could never get my my rhythm like I wanted to. I could never, uh, I could, I I wasn't making all of the same plays that I was normally making in in practice. And something just felt off. And, um, you know, right before, I think it was after the first game, I'm not sure when I got hurt with my back, but my back and, – and that was – you know, I'm not trying to blame it on that, but that was something that was causing me some pain over the last um, – over 2010 season and into that training camp, uh, you know, my, my – <laughs> my disc was bulging in my back that was causing me pain down my legs. And um, I just remember it didn't matter. I can still run around. I can still throw. That shouldn't stop me. You know, I should be, you know, able to make my plays. And um, I missed, I think, three games that that preseason. Played in the last one. Ran around fine, showing that I was healthy enough and that I, you know, go into the year as a starter. What happened was uh, that, you know, that week that the the, you know, the few days after you finished that last fourth preseason game you get a couple of days off well we had a, we had a couple of days off that um weekend but then that monday we did like a little quick practice nothing serious i think just helmets um but i could not control the ball i probably had four interceptions in that hour and a half practice and i thought man something's not right but i thought you know what that behind me the season starts you know this week Wednesday we'll be back out here and you know I can just move forward that way well the luncheon was Tuesday and um in my mind now that's what basically did me in that that last practice Jack must have went to bed that night and just thought there's no way I can go out there with this guy if he can't complete simple throws on the practice field there's no way I can go and we've got this young kid here you know i did this a few years ago where i got the veteran out of here or you know the the starter and and put the other guy in that was kind of unknown and uh maybe i can do this again maybe i can find lightning in a bottle again and um of course that didn't work out uh, the way that he thought it and for me it just started a a a slew of injuries, you know, over the next few years. And yeah, I had, you know, I'd worn my, my body out. You know, I was up until that high ankle sprain that I had playing the Colts. That was the first time I'd missed any games since I started playing as a Pop Warner kid. I'd never been hurt enough to where I missed any games in high school and college. Didn't matter. I didn't miss. I was, very durable and the way that i played you wouldn't think that you would think okay he's got to have had some games missed because the kid runs around like he's a fullback and um so i just believe i just wore my body down over time and you know it's it's just part of life i got a call from the uh, jacks or a text from jack's um secretary it was like, hey, coach wants to meet with you in his office. And I'm thinking, okay, he wants to go over some stuff for the week and, uh, you know, make sure that we can get some of those plays that we had yesterday behind us. Maybe he wants to show me on film, like, you know, hey, we can't have this kind of stuff. So I'm walking down there in my suit and everything because I'm, you know, still dressed up from the luncheon. And him and Jean um, are in there. And I can tell the, the mood in the room is just, like, real somber. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Well, he's like, Dave, you know, um, unfortunately we're going to, you know, move on from you and let you go. And and I was like, what is he talking about? How, this can't be real. I was like, but we just had the luncheon, you know. <laughs> he's like, you know, uh, just for reasons, you know, we, we we just didn't do it before. It's not the best way to do it. I understand that. And, I, and like The best way to do it, it's clearly not the best way to do it. It's the absolute worst way to do it, you know. But I said, that's fine. You know, coach, don't worry. You know, there won't be any problems or anything if I see you in the streets or anything. And I said that, you know, there's not – I don't I don't have any ill will um, towards you or anything. Um, it, it was definitely a tough time because it was definitely out of the blue, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, I remember seeing Dirk in the hallway afterwards and he was, you know – you know he was teary-eyed I was teary-eyed and he's like I'm not sure what's going on here Dave but uh you know you've always got my support and I'm always you know there with you so
0: true to his nature David always happy and optimistic knows he lived his dream
1: you know just unbelievable because I was a guy that got drafted from East Carolina small school and I just thought okay I'm not your prototypical quarterback, you know, I'm I'm a little on the short side and I'm on the bigger side, you know, I'm built more like a linebacker or a fullback, but I can throw and um, I just thought if I could just get five or six years in the NFL, man, that would be, I, I would be happy, I, I'm already, you know, reaching my dreams by playing in the NFL, but if I could just last for five or six years, that would be huge. And, um, you know, as years go on, I'm thinking, man, I I could do this for a long time. And to have the opportunities that I did, even when Mark was here and when Byron was the starting quarterback, I was able to still show my worth and still show that I can make plays on this, in, in this, at this level. And when, you know, I got my opportunities to be a starter for an extended period of times i was able to show that i can make a lot of plays and i can do a lot of things and the fans were always there there supporting me along the way um it it was huge you know it's something that always sticks with me and, and always will stick with me you know especially with being able to google things now my kids are always googling stuff and they still can't believe that that was me running around out there. You know, Daddy, they can't barely walk up the stairs holding you anymore. But, uh, yeah, that was me running around. Um, it's, it's pretty special.